Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. We are rolling through our position preview series. We have eight prior episodes already up on all of our podcast pages, looking at the offensive position groups, as well as defensive line, edge, and linebacker. This episode is going to look at cornerback, which you could argue might be outside maybe offensive line, the most intriguing in fall camp, just in the sense of different players could be starting, different players could be stepping up. Uh, and there's a lot of upside, a lot of potential for this room. As we do with all of these position previews, we'll look at the strengths, the question marks, the position battles, X-factor players to watch. I'll give a stat to watch, and then we'll make bold predictions for the room. We have written previews, written stories covering everything at fall camp over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. So be sure to check that out. But looking at this cornerback room, in, in terms of the biggest strength, for me, I came away really when I just like started to do dive into the research, I guess, came away really impressed with the athleticism of this room. And, and that's even though they had the fastest man at the combine last year in DJ Turner, and he's no longer on the team. I, I just, you start looking at some of these, these testing times, Amari and Walker, everyone knows about his 6.1 second three cone drill. I uh, believe he had a four, three and change 40 yard dash time this summer. Keyshawn Harris won three different state titles individually out of high school. Jade McBurrows won a state title in the 4 by 100 relay in Florida. Jair Hill ran a 10-8, 100-meter dash. Mike Sainer still has a 40-inch vertical leap. Uh, he's won races as the team's fastest player as well. And, and then Will Johnson, I, I don't have testing numbers for him, but I mean he was a top 20 recruit a year ago, and and I think his athleticism shows up on the field. I guess where I'm going with this is I think there was a time where speed athleticism was a question mark for Michigan's cornerback room year in, year out. I don't feel like that's the case anymore. I feel like whoever they put out there, they're not going to be slow footed. They're not going to be, you know, a step behind. And it's something that that doesn't necessarily show the first two months of the year, but it's the Penn States, the Ohio States. And then, you know, when they play a bowl team, it seems like sometimes that has shown up. I feel like this is a very athletic cornerback room, kind of top to bottom, thinking about two freshmen, Cameron Calhoun, DJ Waller. I don't feel like they're unathletic either. So it's, I'm, I'm very intrigued by the upside of this room for a number of reasons. But I think when I think about what do a lot of these cornerbacks have in common, I do feel like this is, even with DJ Turner no longer being in the room, this is one of the faster, more athletic cornerback rooms that the Michigan's had under Jim Harbaugh. Steve, what jumps out to you as the biggest strength? Obviously, there's there's some question marks about the back end of this room, but but Will Johnson, Mike Sainer still is a is a very nice foundation to have at cornerback too. I guess strength. I'm not sure if it's a really a strength. It's sort of along the lines of what you said. I, I just like the. I think it's a very exciting cornerback room, and this will be a theme throughout this episode. But not in it. Something that might not come to fruition immediately necessarily but i think by october november i think there's a lot of possibilities for what michigan may be able to throw out there at the cornerback position right you have a good a strong top two 
with Will Johnson, Mike Sainer still third corner is kind of the biggest has been the biggest offseason discussion. I feel like who's going to emerge there cannot stress enough. Not a question that's going to be answered when they take the field against East Carolina. I assume it's going to be an ongoing. This will be maybe more than any position battle will be ongoing throughout the season. And I don't think it's going to be particularly necessarily, let's see, particularly noteworthy who starts the season out there just because, you know, there are a lot of other guys I think that could potentially emerge throughout the year. So I think, and it's a, yeah, it's an exciting room. Even the guys that like, and this, this talk speaks to the athleticism angle that you were talking about, but yeah, like DJ Waller, who probably won't make an impact this year. Yeah. Athleticism, not the problem there. Marion Walker, same deal. Uh, these are guys who are the athleticism is like, was, is the plus it's the biggest reason Michigan recruited them. Now it's about teaching them. Uh, the the finer points of the position, which Steve Klinkscale has a long, long, long list of doing, uh, probably with guys that weren't as good of athletes as these types of guys are. So, you know, Jair Hill, same deal. So it is probably the biggest question mark. on the, It is on the defensive side of the ball, but I still think it's a pretty exciting, I think there's a lot of possibilities with cornerback this year. And I think it's... Uh, I think Michigan is should be good enough everywhere else to sort of allow that room to develop a little bit because yeah, you know, you talk about especially Walker Hill. I think Walker and Hill probably, maybe even like a Miles Pollard, and maybe even a Cameron Calhoun, honestly. Guys that really could be playing serious ball by the end of the year. So um and the, oh and also you can't forget about Josh Wallace, who really is gives them a nice, I thought that was quietly maybe the most important pickup they made in the portal. And it was the last one they made just because he gives them at the very least, I feel like he gives them solid, some experienced depth at the position, but I do think there's also some, some upside there still. So I just think it's kind of an exciting room, a lot of names, a lot of shuffling. I think it's going to happen. And uh, definitely the, probably the position will all be keeping the closest eye on to begin the year. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think and we can just jump right into that that position battle discussion. And as you mentioned, it's not maybe like a traditional position battle where week one, that's the starter. Thanks for playing. It's it's going to continue throughout the season. And I felt like that was kind of obvious <laughs> before. Just because think about their non-conference schedule, cornerback, it's not that hard to rotate guys in. So that's, you know, when Jim Harbaugh said that and branded it as the Michigan method, I was kind of like, I, I didn't expect it to be different. But yeah, that to me, that's the biggest question mark, right? Will Johnson, I'm predicting a very promising, stellar season for him. Mike Sainer still, I feel like the way he finished last year, similar to, to Will Johnson, I think has to be encouraging in a lot of ways. It's all about that number three spot. And Maybe they move Sainer still to, to true corner and then they move someone in at nickel, right? I know Jaden McBurrows is and, uh, you know, Zeke Barry, two guys who can take reps at, at nickel in Michigan would be pretty comfortable with them there. But I feel like they prefer Sainer still to be at nickel. I think Jim Harbaugh even said as much. So it's all about that number three. I think Josh Wallace has to be considered the leader in the clubhouse right now. I mean, he's played 2,200 defensive snaps in his career 
the other candidates for that number three spot played a combined 150 last year. So I think I think he has to be the the favorite to start the season. But this is going to be a battle that goes on all season. I know Amarian Walker has gotten a lot of talk, a lot of publicity from Jim Harbaugh, from fans. You know, he's his his testing times have everyone really intrigued about what he can do. I know he was banged up a little bit in fall camp. I know his spring game was a little up and down, but I think that that high ceiling remains there. I think McBurrows after the spring game started to get some of the the attention that he deserves. He didn't play at all last season due to due to injuries, but started to make an impression as a true freshman and you know started to garner some DJ Turner type comparisons and and DJ Turner was someone year 3 that was when he started to actually make a difference or, or make a meaningful impact in games too but you know one one wild card that whose name just keeps popping up when players are asked so that tells me that he's someone that really stands out to his teammates is Keyshawn Harris former walk on as i mentioned a moment ago three time state champion in in hurdles um elite speed I don't know a ton about his high school football background, but I don't I don't think that he was necessarily a football first guy coming out of high school, but ended up walking on to Michigan. He's he's now a grad student. When I hear grad student, former walk on who's now a grad student, that that tells me that you have made an impression on your coaches. You have made an impression on your teammates uh, that they're they're keeping you around. They want you around and, and you're still contending for a starting and or key rotation role. So. Those are kind of the and, and Miles Pollard I would throw in there as well. Those are kind of the main candidates in this position battle in my mind. Feel like Wallace ha- almost has to get the nod to start the season, but I do think Michigan is open eyes and open ears if any of these as we mentioned highly athletic cornerbacks with with upside whether they're inexperienced or are extremely experienced even. I think they're very open-minded to someone else emerging because you're probably going to need more than three to make it through this season, right? Injuries happen. Games are long. Players need to rotate in. And and some of the teams on later in the schedule, thinking about Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, they're going to throw the ball a ton. I mean, really, you could probably, maybe Purdue could be added to that mix. Just that November block of games feel like they're going to be tested a lot as a secondary in that month, I think September, October, you know, there's more balanced offenses, but it feels like November. If the on paper trend is to be believed on the field, it feels like November is going to be a lot of top tier passing attacks. So it almost feels like they've got like six, seven weeks to figure this out, but they do want to go into those November matchups, knowing exactly what they have at corner. Steve, of those candidates, I mean, who jumps out to you as someone that, that could be a surprise or or could really push Josh Wallace for that role? Because because Josh Wallace is the only one who's been made, made available to the media, right? Availability theory. He's also the most experienced. And, you know, when you when you talk to Mike Sainer still, it really sounds like Josh Wallace will be the starter to start the year. But among the rest of the group, because it's a pretty vast group of players, who intrigues you as a candidate to to win the job in the second half of the season? Uh, I, I'm still gonna go. I'm still gonna go with Amarion Walker. 
I basically the best way I can put it is I was told, I mean, I guess it's, it's a two-sided coin. He still has a ways to go, but I was also to, like to not read too much into, cause he definitely struggled in the spring game. Right. I mean, it was pretty, I think even a layman watching the game would, could tell that he was not, what did Harbaugh say? He was the number one or was approaching number one cornerback level or something very early in the spring made. I think he made some kind of comment. I think he did it before spring practices. Right. It was really early. Right. That's that's uncharacteristically early for Harbaugh to kind of pump a guy up. You know, I think of course a guy of his athletic ability, there's going to be flashes. And I think they probably, it's hard not to get excited about his potential there. But I, I, I just, again, basically was told you that's when we're talking about second half of the year, right? Is like, and I think he's a guy that they're hoping will emerge. I think Jair Hills is the other one though, uh, as a true freshman that could, could possibly jump in there. Also Um, another elite athlete difference with him is he was just, he was very highly recruited though, too. A lot of times the elite athletes are sort of the sleeper picks more like a, well, Walker was a three-star granted. He had, he was committed to Notre Dame, but, Three star that didn't get a lot of love from LSU, you know, and then I mentioned already mentioned DJ Waller as a guy that fits that mold as sort of an elite athlete. I mean, you're talking he's six three two oh five already. I mean, that's they probably want to keep him at that weight, you know, to play cornerback at. So, uh, but I'm going to go with Walker for now. I, I it may be a little bit of a bumpy ride. It sounds like, but no doubt Michigan is looking to see this through, and and I guess. The other thing I would say about Walker specifically that people need to maybe keep in mind or think about a little bit is think about, you know, we've talked about Michigan maybe needing a little bit more depth at the receiver position. I think the fact that Michigan is keeping Walker on the defensive side, I mean, they moved him over there in the first place, but that they're keeping him there, I think really speaks a lot to where they feel like, you know, what his potential is on that side of the football because yeah, size, speed, athleticism is something that translates probably a little more quickly at receiver in terms of like just a raw athlete. Uh, but the fact that they're keeping him on the defensive side of the ball, I think means that they're, they really be, believe that they have something with him. So, you know, again, maybe tone back a bit from what Harbaugh said in the spring, but I, I still believe they think he can be an asset for them down the stretch. So I, I'm going to go with him and, I'm, and then I'd say Jair Hill, probably second. Okay. This is one of the more declarative or authoritative position switches. I remember you know, Jim Harbaugh will always throw his opinion or suggestion to players, but I think, you know, when Mike Sainer still switched, it was kind of like, hey, Mike, you might want to try defense. Like, it might be valuable. It might help with your playing time. You might have a longer-term future. It sounds like with Amari and Walker, they saw his three-cone drill and were like, go to corner. You're you're a cornerback now. You know, and they they pulled out the, the Tariq Woolen comparison. I think he was, see, UTSA uh, receiver switched to corner suddenly was extremely good. I can't remember where he was drafted, but he, rookie year, he's a pro bowler. So I think that's the the comparison that they're thinking of. I think they feel like, because yeah, Michigan's wide receiver room, if they had a six foot three, you know, former top, whatever, three-star recruit, but but obviously a former Notre Dame wide receiver commit, you know, guy, guy with a lot of really high profile offers, six, three, six point one second, three cone drill. You know, I feel like, people would be really excited about that wide receiver. Instead, Michigan, as you mentioned, they're, they're keeping him at cornerback. Uh, they're not flinching. They're not going, at least that we've heard, you know, experimenting back and forth with him. Uh, they're, they're giving him a chance to really 
go all in on defensive back and early in his career too. I mean, he had, I don't even know if he had recorded a catch before we saw him play a couple snaps at corner last fall and last fall he was kind of doing both, but yeah, it does seem like they've made that switch in full. And when it's that authoritative or that certain, you know, that tells me that, that Michigan really thinks that he has a, a lot of potential at the position. We're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll talk about stats to watch, X-Factor player to watch, make our bold predictions for this cornerback room. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we're back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve... X-Factor, I mean, it's hard not to say Amarian Walker, right? Just because we don't know what the role is going to be for him, but but Michigan really believes he can be a star cornerback sometime soon. You know, if it's not this season, next season. But it might be a few weeks into this season as well. But but anyone we haven't talked about in a ton of detail yet that that jumps out to you as a potential X-Factor for the room this season? Probably Jaden McBurrows, right? experienced coming up still sort of coming off and not coming directly off an injury, but a guy who's been sort of banged up throughout his career. I think this is a big year for him. I know Michigan loves the way he plays as far as uh, his physicality, which yeah, five eleven, two hundred, 200 you're more apt to being able to play physical ball on the outside. So he's probably the one mix of like just, a guy who's been in the program for a few years who also has the opportunity, right? And and so he'll be one to watch for sure. Maybe one to watch earlier. So like we talk about guys in the second half of the season, you know, maybe a guy like McBurrows emerges faster, almost like a horse race a little bit here. You know, maybe McBurrows sets the pace early, uh, you know, and then at that point, if you're in his position, you try to take that opportunity and run with it and hold off some of these younger guys. So uh, he'd be the kind of he'd be the name I would probably look out for. The other guy, I mean, again, probably more of a second half type deal just because he's a first year guy. But I know we've heard some good things about Cameron Calhoun too. Uh, enrolled early along with Hill, ball skills are are top notch. Again, this is a guy Michigan zeroed in on and pursued very heavily uh, once they made the offer. I think he was a little bit of a later offer, uh, but another guy. Again, we'll see if he's still. If he's still 173, um, you know, I think he's a guy they're going to want to keep building on in the weight room in a little bit, whatever. But but as far as his ball skills go and just his cover ability, I think Michigan likes what they have with him. So he'd, he'd kind of be the other one. But, but I think McBurrows has to be at the top. 
yeah, I want to read this quote from Rod Moore this spring. I, th- I think it was a conversation with Sam Webb uh, in the Behind the Uniform series. He said, you know, Rod was asked, who's going to step up at corner? Who do you like in that corner room? And he went straight to McBurrows. He said, McBurrows, he finally got his chance. I tell you, McBurrows is a real football player, athlete. He's going to make plays. He's going to be the guy that steps up this year. So we can talk about testing times or recruiting ratings, all that. But but if you know Rod Moore is saying it's this guy, you know you got to think he's going to at least have a very strong chance to be that guy that steps up. And and I know I believe he was classmates with Rod Moore, and and they were kind of the ones in fall campus, true freshmen who were raising eyebrows because I don't think either were super highly rated as recruits. And I think that defensive back class was fairly small, but, but they came in and immediately started making plays. So I think he's a, he's a good choice for X factor. Haven't heard a ton about him in fall camp. And I know him and Amari and Walker, both. if you read into this theory, him and Amari and Walker, both wear number one or are listed on the roster as wearing number one, but only one player on defense can play if, if they're sharing a Jersey number and, Sounds like McBurrows may have switched to number six. So is that competition ongoing or did he just switch anyways up to you to decide as, as listeners. But at the same time, I think he's someone that's, he's always listed in that mix. You know, I think he's someone that probably in an optimal situation plays a little bit of that nickel role. Cause as you mentioned, he's just a little bigger. He can, he's almost safety sized in a way. And but at the same time, I think they do like his his instincts. I think the like they like the intensity that he plays with. So I think he's very much in that running. All right, real quick, I'm going to do my stat to watch. And we've been talking a lot about that number three corner spot. I do think Will Johnson and Mike Sainer still also have room to improve. I think the the stat that I'm keeping an eye on to see what this room is made of is is yards per completion allowed. Because I think Will Johnson, Mike St. Rastill were very good last year at low completion percentage allowed. DJ Turner and Jamon Green were also in that mix. But quietly against some of the better offenses in the country or better passing offenses that they faced last year, they faced five top 50 passing offenses, which is also not that many. Michigan allowed 7.3 yards per attempt against Ohio State. 7.8 yards per attempt against Purdue, 7.8 against TCU, 6.9 against Maryland. And Penn State was maybe the one prolific passing offense they had a lot of success against, 5.4 yards per attempt. Collectively, those five offenses averaged 273.6 yards per game passing against the Wolverines. Uh, You know, in terms of St. Russell and Johnson, they only allowed 71 completions last fall in 14 games. I think that's pretty good, actually. But they averaged more than 10 yards per completion on those on those 71 completions. They, they allowed 800 passing yards, 799. And in the final three games of the year, they allowed 335 passing yards on 26 completions. So I think the next step for the room altogether, the completion percentage has been fairly low. That's great. I think the next step for for Will Johnson and Mike Sainer are still both. When I look at their coverage stats is when they do allow a completion, just keeping it minimal, right? Don't allow the the eight-yard completion to become a 
16 yard completion. Don't allow if so, if they're going for a 22 yard shot, you know, don't allow it. So I think that's the next step for this for this cornerback room, especially. I think some of those prolific passing offenses. I mean, obviously they're going to get stats right. Like it'd be weird and surprising if Ohio State didn't throw for at least 250 yards against Michigan, maybe even 300. But I think the the TCU game, the Purdue game, the Ohio State game, and then the Maryland game were all examples of good passing offenses were able to get some of those big chunk plays. And some of them were in the slot or, or, or to its tight end, but, but it did feel like that's the next step for Will Johnson, Mike Sainer still. All right, Steve, final question for this episode. Bold prediction for the season. What do you got for this cornerback room? I don't have an exact. I just think we're going to see a lot of guys play. We talk about receiver where Michigan will want some young guys. I think they're going to want to get their young guys some experience this year. A name we haven't mentioned yet, by the way, we talk about nickel is Cody Jones. Uh, another, I would say, elite yes. athlete yep. uh, and a guy who is definitely pegged there. You know, we know Zeke Barry, Keon Sab, both playing s- safety explicitly. Uh, I think that leaves Cody Jones as the future guy at nickel. And uh, so, and another, like I said, another guy very high on, I think we'll probably see him on the field this year as well. But I, I just think, I think we may see basically almost every name that we've mentioned so far on the field at some point this year and, and maybe see, I don't know if all three freshmen will burn their red, excuse me, will burn their red shirts. But, you know, I think I, I wouldn't totally write it off. Let's say just because like I I think I posted last week, Asked about the freshman corners. The first response I got was, don't forget about DJ Waller. It was like, okay, all right, I won't. So, yeah, I think we're just going to see a ton of rotation there, maybe even early in the year, just to get a feel, you know. So I think we're going to – I guess maybe it's not that bold, but um, I'll just be bold. I'll say all three freshmen burn their red shirts, and I think we just see a ton of rotation early on to try to round out not just that third spot. The third spot's the one that keeps getting all the discussion, but even your fourth and fifth spots, right? Those are as important when you get into November and December. So, um, so yeah, that's where I'm going. Okay. There you go. I, I tend to agree. I mean, when I do my depth charts, I often do like an in the mix. And I try to limit it. I don't like listing every guy on scholarship because I'll always get, oh, what about this guy? It's like, well, whatever. He's not, such and such is not competing for a too deep role this season until something changes. But for the cornerback room, I always laugh because I do have to list like eight, nine guys because because there really are that many different players that Michigan is open to playing, you know, and giving that opportunity to. My bold prediction, maybe it's not, well, maybe it's not that bold because he was a freshman All-American last year, but I'm predicting Will Johnson to be an All-American this year. And I remember when I was kind of, researching the cornerback room, I was just kind of laughing because so many of Michigan's all Americans or, or developmental success stories are like, they found this guy. They were the first pe- player or first team to offer him. He was a three-star guy, but he had like this crazy, you know, athleticism and he emerged, you know, I think about like a, like a Zach Zinter or a Chris Jenkins, you know, guys that, that they really are great, like recruiting and developmental success stories. You know, you could probably go through the years and, I feel like Will Johnson is is interesting because he's just it was an easier path. He was from the state of Michigan. He his dad played for Michigan. He was a five star pretty much throughout the entire 
recruiting process for him. He comes to Michigan. He doesn't win the starting job right away, but but he clearly looks ready to play at the college level right away. And once he does win the starting job, he just keeps getting better and better. And next thing you know, he has two interceptions in the Big Ten championship game. It's like sometimes it is easier. Not 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 that he didn't do the same work that the other All Americans did, but it feels like Michigan to get a first round caliber player. It seems like they either need to to you know find some amazing recruiting win on the trail or or under recruited player or develop them like crazy. And it's like Will Johnson just kind of came in looking like a future All American. He's really looked like a future All American for a few years. And he's a freshman All-American last year. And and I think he makes that step this year. I, I think the way he finished the season, yeah, I know I mentioned the yards per completion, but but the yards per attempt was lower because he was forcing so many incompletions. You know, he's he's got that combination of the athleticism that he's sticking with wide receivers, but he also has the size and he also has the the demeanor and the intensity. I, I love that that Ohio State game, wasn't it like the first series? He's got the stick on on Marvin Harrison Jr. in Columbus, you know, his first time playing the Buckeyes and and just he's already ready to go. You know, he didn't need to kind of calm the nerves or get get his feet wet in that in that series. You know, he was he was ready to rock. Doesn't care who's across the line of scrimmage from him, doesn't care who he's lined up against. Uh really just feel like he he's someone that checks every box for Michigan. And I think he's going to be an all American this year. I think maybe it's not, maybe that's not that bold, but I do think a, a rising sophomore, maybe I, I would argue that's bold ish. I do wonder though, if teams try to avoid throwing to him enough that maybe because all those all American lists, a lot of them are like stat based and you need the interceptions. You need the pass breakups, but at the same time, I, I think Will Johnson is just that good. I think he's one of the top five, cornerbacks in the country right now and I think by the end of the season he'll be viewed as the top two or three and then I think you know next summer there's gonna be you're gonna see him on a lot of mock draft top 10 for the 2025 draft because I think he is he just checks every box size athleticism demeanor I think consistency and so yeah I think the the ceiling's really high and and for a room that does have some question marks you know, I did my position group power rankings. I really couldn't rank the cornerback room that low, even if we don't know exactly what's going to happen across from Will Johnson. But having Will Johnson, having Mike Sainer still, I think does elevate this room. And as you kind of mentioned, I think Michigan's defense will be good enough where it doesn't matter a ton who's at that third cornerback spot in September and October. I mean, certainly you need to play your best players, but but I think there'll be some flexibility. There'll be some opportunity for different guys to try and for Michigan to try different guys and, and see who works, see who shines in a game setting. And I think a big part of that flexibility will be Will Johnson playing at an all American level. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Be sure to stay tuned next time for the safety episode, as well as the special teams episode, go listen to the past ones. If you haven't already and be sure to read all of our coverage, whether it's insider coverage, press conference coverage, or analytical coverage from fall camp over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan247sports.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time.